On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Model Y is rapidly rising up the ranks of the world's best-selling cars, a Giga Mexico announcement seems more certain and imminent than ever, Tesla is the best brand at stealing customers and keeping them for a long time, and more. Greetings, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 392 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for February 5th, 2023, and there is plenty to get to. I want to start with some fun and good news. First, the marking of a significant anniversary, as Tesla themselves noting on their Twitter account this week, Tesla delivered their first ever car, Roadster number one, 15 years ago this week, Elon Musk taking delivery of that car. The Tesla blog from February 6th, 2008 says, the day started with great anticipation. We all knew the car was planning to arrive on Friday at about 1 p.m. We knew that select media would be in attendance to witness the event. We knew there'd be a party at the end of the day. Many of us also knew that P1, which is production number one, was stuck in customs in Los Angeles and there were no guarantees that it would be re released on time. A few well-placed phone calls improved the odds. So when the email arrived that announced the arrival of P1, nearly all Tesla employees gathered behind the shop to watch the delivery truck arrive. When the rear door of the trailer opened and P1 was inside, there was a collective sigh of relief from the team and we broke into applause. Very, very cool stuff right there. Now, from the oldest Tesla to the newest one, one of the beta Cybertrucks mentioned on the earnings call last week. So the latest production or latest pre-production version, you know, we're inching closer to actual production, was spotted in Palo Alto. A photo of the rear right quarter angle was posted on the internet this week, along with a video of following it right behind it for just a few seconds, it's about a maybe seven second video. And what we can glean from this new sighting of what is surely the beta Cybertruck, as you, you, know, you heard it brought up on the earnings call last week, those have been produced. So these are the near, near final trucks, the side view mirrors. So I would, I would encourage you to look this up online uh, because the side view mirrors are really the biggest difference. There are some other little differences too. But the side view mirrors, because I bring this up specifically because you remember the original prototype from the unveiling had no side mirrors. Tesla, as often is the case with their prototypes, they want the uh, government to approve cameras as side view mirrors so that they can save on the aerodynamic drag uh, and just not have mirrors, which also looks better on, on a car. But... Uh, but of course, that's still not happened. We're still waiting for that. And so the alpha prototypes that we saw at the Cyber Rodeo event last, what, April, last April, yes, had a pretty traditional, just square-shaped side view mirror, wing mirrors on the, on the truck. Well, the side view mirrors for the beta have been changed from that traditional square shape to a triangle shape that really matches the polygonal look of the Cybertruck itself fairly nicely, in my humble opinion. I, I really do think it's a big improvement just in that little detail. Although Elon did take to Twitter to say, quote, still many small tweaks to make it better. And then he adds in parentheses, and the side mirrors are removable by owner, but this is very close to the production design. You know, he said a number of times before, that the side mirrors would be removable by the owner. So he is very much, uh, I would say, if not outright encouraging people to do that, saying, hey, if you don't like the look of these, you're going to be able to take them off. Now, on previous Tesla models, because as I said, Tesla's been wanting to remove the side view mirror back since the Model X prototype was unveiled back in early 2012. That's how long ago. So gosh, over a decade, 11 years ago at this point, the prototype Model X had tiny cameras facing back, facing the rear of the car, 
where the side view mirrors normally are. So they wanted to do it back then. Obviously, the U.S. regulations on that still have not permitted it. But even going back then, Elon has said that the side view mirrors cause approximately a 5% reduction in efficiency. So if the cameras are good enough that you can just leave, and by the cameras, I mean the repeater cameras on the fenders, uh, that you can just leave the repeater cameras and backup camera view up on your screen in your Cybertruck all the time. And remember that the cameras certainly should be good enough because there'll be five megapixel hardware four cameras that are going to be about five times higher resolution than the repeater cameras on all of our cars. Now, with all that being true, then, you know, you might actually decide to remove the mirrors. I am definitely going to strongly consider it on mine uh, whenever mine arrives. I know I'm at the back of the line, but uh, it's definitely something I'm going to take into strong consideration. More good news to start the podcast. The IRS has, in my humble opinion, righted its wrong. And by that, I mean they have now made all Model Y configurations eligible for the $7,500 federal tax credit. And they have done that by upping the MSRP cap from 55,000. They were, remember, they were classifying the Model Ys, except for the seven seat version. They were classifying the five seat Model Ys as cars instead of SUVs which uh, now they have basically just fixed, to quote one of my favorite movies, Office Space, they fixed the glitch. So they have upped that MSRP cap from $55,000 to $80,000. Now, the good news is, with the price cuts being so drastic on the Model Y, you can go nuts and still, in terms of options, and still qualify for that full $7,500 tax credit again, subject to their income limits on that, as you all know. But software doesn't count towards that MSRP limit, but physical options like wheels, tow hitch, paint colors, white interior, all counts. But again, doesn't matter because I went and loaded up a fully loaded Model Y, red with white interior, all that, all that, still comes in under 80, even with the $15,000 FSD, which personally, I've said this before, my opinion at that price, I do not recommend that you spend 15K, but to each their own. EAP at 6,000, that's a strong maybe. I probably would. If I, like, well, I'll say this for my Cybertruck, whenever the time comes, I will most likely purchase enhanced autopilot, but probably not FSD, unless it's come a lo- quite a, a far away. If it's made significant, significant progress by the time I were to get my Cybertruck, then. I would consider it, but we'll see. Who knows? It has been making progress. We'll see what it looks like in another one, two, three years from now. Uh, so before I get to the proper news stories this week, those were just the appetizers. I wanted to mention that this week's Patreon bonus mini episode, which I do every week, I call it the lightning round. These are about 15 to 25 minute mini episodes, which are exclusively for my Patreon backers at that $10 a month tier or higher. Well, this week I made it about driving the Model S in VR in Gran Turismo 7 on PSVR 2 on the PS5. Now the PSVR 2 isn't out yet. It comes out later this month. I had a chance as through my day job at IGN to go to Sony and play it. And I did that and I was in short quite blown away and I spend this... uh, I think it's about an 18-minute lightning round episode telling you all about how uh, the, that VR experience really elevates the uh, the Gran Turismo 7 overall experience and, and what it's like to... and how realistic the Model S feels in VR in that game. And just a quick reminder about the Patreon, because it is the primary way you can choose to support my efforts on this podcast. Again, if you want, it's totally voluntary podcast is always going to be free, but I do put a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of heart and soul into this thing every week. So if you do see fit to back me, you can find out more about the different tiers and all the little perks attached to each tier, such as that free, you know, that that weekly bonus mini episode uh, on my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And again, I mentioned this last week because I just implemented it. There is now a 10% discount 
if you choose to do the annual pledge rather than the uh, sort of traditional monthly, month-to-month pledge, if you just do a, a yearly pledge, you'll get a 10% discount off of that. All right, let's get rolling here. Speaking of the Model Y, it was the fourth best-selling car in the world last year. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, Tesla doesn't officially release stats, uh, excuse me, sales data, aka stats, by specific models, but instead groups the Model 3 and Model Y together in its press releases and quarterly shareholder decks. However, based on data compiled by Focus 2 Move, the Model Y ended 2022 with a total of 758,605 sales around the world, a massive 88% jump from 2021, enough to put it in fourth place for the year. The Model Y finished just outside of a podium finish in 2022, outsold by less than 30,000 units by the Ford F-150, which came in third and accumulated just over 786,000 sales last year. Notably, sales of the F-150 declined 8.8% compared to the previous year versus the 88% gain that the Model Y had. The top two spots were claimed by Toyota, with the RAV4 SUV finishing in second with over, in fact, just under 870,000 worldwide sales, and the Toyota Corolla taking first place with 1.12 million units sold. Just like with the F-150, sales of both Toyota vehicles declined compared to 2021, with the RAV4 seeing the biggest drop of 13.8%, while the sales of the Corolla dropped not much, 2.2%. So everyone else near the top of the list is down, and the Model Y isn't just up, but way, way up. It's not that those other cars are bad. I'm not trying to say that they are clearly very popular vehicles. But the Model Y is quite simply more desirable now as word of mouth continues to spread. You heard Franz's response on episode 389 just a few weeks ago when I asked him to think about the fact that a car that he designed is on its way to becoming the top-selling car of the world. And it might happen this year. It might happen this year. We can't expect the other cars to necessarily hold their exact same numbers, although, to be fair, really, it's possible they continue to decline as more people shop, not just for a Model Y, but for EVs in general. But if we were to go with that for this thought exercise, in other words, holding those other cars constant rather than increasing or decreasing their sales, the Model Y would have to sell 400,000 more units this year compared to last year in order to, at that point, squeak past the Corolla. If we presume that the Fremont factory and Giga Shanghai are pretty well running at full speed and will maintain their respective Model Y outputs from last year, it would mean that we need 200,000 more Model Y each from Giga Texas and Giga Berlin. That is an extra 4,000 Model Y per week out of each factory, which quite honestly seems doable. So while I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's a lock that the Model Y is going to take the top spot this year, it's got a shot. It's got a shot. And I think next year, 2024, it's probably a lock. And particularly if these price cuts from Tesla hold, it's got a really, really good chance. Now, anecdotally, purely anecdotally, as I live here in the Tesla bubble that is the San Francisco Bay Area, I will say in my experience, it's gotten to the point where I would say that I see as many Model Ys on the road as Model 3s and maybe even more Ys than 3s at this point. And when you consider that the Model 3 had a three-year head start on the Y or more accurately, two years of volume production since the first year, you know, July, the end of July 2017 to the end of July 2018, they were ramping. They didn't really build a ton of Model 3s in that first year. But still, that is saying something because it's not like the Model 3 sales have just stopped. They've continued quite strongly on their own. 
Anyway, we will check in on this list again next year and we'll see where the Model Y landed. Second place seems like the worst case scenario for the Model Y in 2023. I think it's going to move up at least two spots from number four to number two, and it may very well overtake everybody. Next up this week, an update to the potential Giga Mexico story from late December. In fact, I think that was the last episode of this podcast from 2022. So Tesla is now considering a plant near Mexico City's new airport, according to Mexican officials. This story comes reported via Reuters, who says electric car maker Tesla is considering setting up an assembly plant near a new Mexico City airport, which would serve as an export hub for the firm, Mexican presidential spokesman Jesus Ramirez said. Ramirez said that Tesla could put a plant at an industrial park in development about two miles from the Felipe Angeles International Airport, aka the AIFA, a new hub opened by President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador last year. Quote, Tesla is looking at investing in that area to take advantage of AIFA, Ramirez told Reuters this past week, noting that the site could serve as a base for the firm to export by air. He gave no further details, but the remarks follow recent comments by Ramirez to newspaper El Gerardo de Mexico, de Mexico, I guess that would be the proper pronunciation, I think, about the prospect of a Tesla investment there. Quote, Tesla will invest there in an assembly plant to export directly by air, Ramirez told the newspaper. Separately, a Mexican official told Reuters that Tesla had been shown the site but hadn't given no indication of its plans. So first of all, I think this is now officially no longer a rumor because a Mexican presidential spokesman gave an on-the-record comment to a major news organization about it. So this is a very, very real thing now, meaning that it's almost certainly going to be when, not if, Tesla announces Giga Mexico. So that's pretty cool. Second point I wanted to make on this, if this site is being uh, being eyed specifically to take advantage of the airport, then it might not make just cars. It might also make battery cells, drivetrains, or potentially a lot of other key parts as well, which by the way is exactly what Giga Nevada has done and will continue to do up until they get their semi-truck assembly plant up and running over there. Let's see how long it takes for an official announcement to happen with Giga Mexico. I mean, you never know with these things. It could be days or weeks, but it's probably not going to be months, and it's certainly not going to be years. Next up this week, Tesla is the best brand at stealing customers from other car companies and keeping them for a long time. I saw this story on Tesla Rati, who writes... Even among the world's biggest car manufacturers, Tesla appears to have a very particular strength. It's not only great at retaining its customers, it's also excellent at stealing and keeping buyers from other car makers. As per SNP Global, car buyers can be classified into three groups based on their loyalty. Super loyalists, loyalists, and nomads. Super loyalists have a history of repeatedly purchasing from the same car brand and are the most likely to continue doing so. Loyalists have made repeat purchases over their buying history, and nomads have no recognizable loyalty to any brand and are more likely to switch. American-based data from S&P Global has revealed that Tesla stands far ahead of other car makers when it comes to retaining its customers. As per the firm's data, over 80% of Tesla owners are nomads that are new to the company. This is not surprising at all, given that the car maker is a new player in the industry. It does, however, hint that a lot of car buyers are looking to electric cars as alternatives for their combustion-powered vehicles. But what truly sets Tesla apart from the competition is its one-and-done rate, which refers to the number of buyers owning a brand of vehicle and leaving it. 
In the 12 months ending in July of 2022, about 58% of Nomad car buyers in the US left their vehicle brand, the highest one-and-done rate in the last 10 years. Tesla's one-and-done rate, however, stands at just 39%, which means that about 60% of the company's customers will probably replace their existing electric car with another Tesla. Quote, while Tesla's high share of first-time owners, 83%, isn't too surprising, their ability to keep those new customers is extraordinary. Tesla's one-and-done rate is just 39% compared to 58% for the industry. Remember, a lower number is better in this case. The next best one-and-done rate goes to Ford at 50%. However, Nomad share of Ford's return-to-market households is less than half of Tesla's says S&P Global. Well, let's be honest. This is why all of you are here, right? And by here, I mean listening to a Tesla podcast every week. Because once you experience this car, this brand, and had to have one or plan to buy one, for plenty of you as well, it sticks with you. It's what happened to me. It's what happened to all of you, I would say. It is tough to go over to anything else. Now, that's not to say that there aren't other good EV options, but when you look at the total package, Tesla has simply built an incredibly great argument against not just internal combustion engine cars, but other EVs too. In fact, the one that's really been bubbling up lately is about the non-Tesla fast charging networks. The good news is that this conversation is happening at all meaning that there are now finally a number of good non-Tesla EVs out there and people are buying them. But unfortunately, when they go to fast charge them or slash road trip with them on Electrify America or one of the other ones, they're finding issues with those charging stations way, way more often than they do with Tesla's literal plug and play, meaning plug the car in and play video games in the car while you charge, approach, right? It's not something I root for, believe me. We should all want Electrify America to be better, to be great, in fact, so that DC fast charging does not become, and thus by extension road tripping, does not become a potential roadblock for somebody wanting to buy an EV if they're open to one, but don't necessarily want a Tesla for whatever reason. Anyway, though, Tesla makes their cars go fast. None of the legacy automakers' EVs can touch Tesla in the performance department. In fact, only Tesla's fellow EV-only startups, Lucid and Rivian, can come close in the performance department. Tesla makes their cars safe, and Tesla makes their cars fun with things like light shows and fart modes and video games. It's just a very appealing package. I guess if I were to look at look in the mirror at myself or and, and judge myself by this S&P global criteria, I have been a nomad up to this point. I've never owned the same car brand more than once. Now, I've only had a few cars. I've kept cars for the most part for a very long time. I started with my, my grandfather's hand-me-down 1987 Nissan Pathfinder. Then I bought the DeLorean which at the time was an 18-year-old car, an orf orphaned car. DMC was long dead. Uh, and then I bought my Infiniti G35 Coupe, my first new car, which, okay, maybe I guess I technically had a, a little brand loyalty to Nissan because my first car was the hand-me-down Nissan Pathfinder and Infiniti is in the Nissan family. I don't know. but And then after the Infiniti, here I am, with my Model 3 performance, and after this, I intend to get a Cybertruck. And I, I just, I don't plan to go anywhere. My personal intention at this stage is to always drive a Tesla. Not that I wouldn't ever consider another car, because of course I would. You never know what the future might hold for Tesla, for other car brands, etc. But again, as long as Tesla keeps doing fast cars, safe cars, and fun cars, they're probably going to hang on to me. But that's just me. I decided to make this topic the subject of this week's Patreon poll. I thought, why not? Let's, let me poll the audience, 
see what you guys are thinking on this subject. So I asked the question on my Patreon poll, which again, you can vote on. You don't have to be a Patreon backer. You don't have to be supporting me. It's open to anybody. Just go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I usually put the poll up every Tuesday night. And my poll question this week was simply, will your next car be a Tesla? Not surprisingly, again, given that it's a Tesla podcast and we're all big Tesla fans here, but 57% of you said definitely, 22% said probably, 11% saying maybe, 6% say unlikely, 2% definitely not, and 3% undecided. And I think this might be the most votes that I've had in any of the polls so far since I've been doing them over the past several months. 237 of you voted, so thank you very much for taking the time to vote. And a bunch of people left really good comments as well, kind of detailing their their thought process and their decision-making process. So thank you very much to everybody for your participation in that. The next story this week Tesla has added the ability to view the cabin camera feed on the in-car display. One more time, a tip of the cap to drive Tesla Canada, who writes, Hidden in the 2023.2.0.5 update is a new camera preview option in the service menu. This comes via Twitter user Stian, I'm not quite sure, S-T-I-A-N-W-A-L-G-E-R-M-O who shared an image, image photographic proof, showing the camera feed on his in-car display. Well, this is interesting. I mean, you know, file this under the why not category, right? In fact, if memory serves me correctly, I've had a call or two about this from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline at various points in the past requesting this very thing. I mean, it's certainly potentially useful for checking on your children, your small children in the back of the car. Uh, It could also be used to let your children amuse themselves if they're bored riding in the car, since they could treat it as something of a funhouse mirror and just look at themselves on the screen making goofy faces, right? So you could use it that way. Maybe an Uber driver that's driving a Tesla could also keep an eye on their passengers with this, although... That probably, now that I think about it, that probably gets into creepy territory. That might be a really quick way to get a one-star review and no tip. So maybe forget that one. But in all seriousness, you know, this, I think for parents, particularly parents, this feature makes a lot of sense. So glad to see Tesla add it. Because again, why not? Next this week, in fact, finally this week, If you're an existing Tesla owner who's in the market for a new Model S or Model X, which are now uh, a decent bit cheaper after the price cuts, Tesla is trying to sweeten the pot to get you to upgrade your car. Well, why am I being so specific about the target audience on this? Well, it's because your end of the deal requires you to trade in a Tesla. Tesla Roddy, one more time, gets the tip of the cap here. They broke this story and they wrote, The company is reaching out to some current owners, attempting to woo them to purchase a new vehicle with a $3,000 discount or three years of free supercharging as long as they trade in their Tesla. Several owners who recently inquired with Tesla to purchase new vehicles through trade-in value requests or test drives have received follow-up phone calls from an ownership loyalty team member offering either a discount or free supercharging. These discounts are being offered on top of the recent price cuts, which have decreased prices by as much as $13,000 on the SRX. In an email to a customer, Tesla reps said, quote, the options of $3,000 credit or uh, of a new Tesla or three years of free supercharger miles, whichever you prefer, end quote, are available on trade-ins as long as the order is placed soon. It expires, quote, in February but Tesla didn't specify the exact date. The rep also said it was an opportunity to upgrade to a new vehicle while renewing its warranty. Owners offered the promotion were told they were required to trade in an existing vehicle. 
Teslarati received confirmation of the offer by a member of Tesla's ownership loyalty program team. Tesla is not including the Model 3 and Model Y in this promotion, the company confirmed. So you have to buy an S or an X. The promotion is being called an ownership loyalty offer, which could hint that Tesla is trying to keep current owners with the company instead of testing other EV options. Thank you, Tesla Roddy. Well, I, I was a little puzzled by this just because I would be quite surprised if Tesla is having any trouble whatsoever selling a combined 100,000 Model S's and Model X's per year at this point. Again, particularly after the recent price cuts had pretty significant impacts on the S and the X's as they did on the Model Y in particular as well. Now, speaking honestly, and I'm not trying to frame this as a bad thing at all, this reminds me of the sales tactics that Tesla would occasionally use back in the pre-Model 3 days. I wonder what the reasoning behind this targeted push at existing SNX owners is. I'm not really sure kind of what the, the thought process is here for Tesla. Now that said, I guess that doesn't really matter, right? For us, the customers, if an extra $3,000 pushes you over the edge, well, it means you can get a pearl white multi-coat Model S with the 19-inch Tempest wheels, black interior, and a 405-mile range for $92,000. That's still not quite as low as what the prices were when the new S was first announced. I think if memory serves, I should have looked this up before the podcast. I don't have this in my notes, but I think it was like 85 for the new S when it was first announced. If it, again, just a, the base model, 405 mile range new S. And that was, well, gosh, almost exactly two years ago because that was back in February of 2021. But Still, pretty good, all things considered. 92K for that package, pretty nice car you're getting for that. Now, the wait time to get a new S has been drastically shortened now that I happen to take another look at it. That I did check into for my notes this week because remember how it had been a year wait at one point for a new S? It's now under two months as it currently shows February to March 2023 for either the regular S or the Plaid. But you know, that's a good thing, at least presumably. A year-long wait time is, is not the ideal scenario, no matter how much demand you might have. I mean, so now this means that you can order a fairly expensive car and actually get it in your hands relatively quickly and you're not going to maybe have a wandering eye toward a, you know, a Lucid or a Mercedes AQS or EQS or something like that, right? Oh, and by the way, far be it for me to tell anybody what to do with their money, but if you were to ask my advice, I would strongly advise taking the cash discount if you decide to jump in on this offer. Because in my humble opinion, Three years of unlimited supercharging is not worth $3,000. You would have to drive an insane number of miles to rack up even $1,000 in supercharging bills each year and then do that for three years straight. So my advice would be take the money if you end up going ahead and taking Tesla up on this offer. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week, but stick with me. I've got so many of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls coming up right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Thank you, Franz. It is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, which is your chance to call in and be a part of the podcast. There are two easy ways to do so. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and actually call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. 
That is a toll-free number that you can call anytime, day or night, 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking us off this week is Dee Dee in Maplewood, New Jersey. Hey, Ryan. Dee Dee here in Maplewood, New Jersey. I uh, love your show, so thanks so much. Um, just a quick comment. I was recently bringing my uh, Model 3 Tesla into two consecutive parking garages in New York City, and both of them said, we do not take Teslas here. And I was it was the first time I'd experienced this. It was very funny. It felt almost like, you know, no Asians allowed or something. You know, uh, it sort of smacked of that sort of vibe. Um, I think the reason probably is because, uh, this is my theory, that we have a lot of new Tesla owners and maybe they aren't as educated about the idea that you need to use valet mode when you drop your car off at a parking garage. So uh, my wife was suggesting that uh, perhaps uh, Tesla and, frankly, people such as yourself, you know, should just let the listeners uh, know that they should do this. Uh, because what's happening, of course, is if you don't use that mode, then the Tesla can be unmovable by the parking attendant after you leave and so on. Uh, and I don't know if the parking attendants themselves uh, know to tell the drivers to put the car into valet mode as well. So that's something that they should also be aware of. Maybe there should even be signs. There should be a campaign by Tesla to have parking garages uh, mention this uh, far and wide, etc. Anyway, just thought I'd make that point. And uh, thanks again for the podcast and take care. Didi, welcome to the hotline and thank you for your call Getting rejected from one parking garage is a little weird, but from two just seems downright crazy. I am happy to do my part to try and educate people, but conversely, I also have to believe that there are enough Teslas in New Jersey at this point that valets should know how to deal with them. Good tip with valet mode, certainly, as it does disable a lot of things to nerf the car's power and keep your stuff safe. In fact, I'm going to read you a quick list of what valet mode does. Thank you to notatesla.app.com for this list. Limits the speed of the car to 70 miles an hour, restricts acceleration to chill, locks the front trunk and the, the frunk and the glove box, although the trunk does remain accessible. Voice commands are disabled. Navigation is disabled, so it can't show you, show the person any of your recent destinations, your home, your work, any of that stuff. Autopilot and FSD are disabled. Uh, allow mobile access setting cannot be changed. Home link is not available. Driver profiles are not available. The touchscreen will not display the list of keys that can access the car. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are disabled and you cannot view or add a new device. Sentry options can't be changed. In other words, if Sentry is on, it cannot be turned off. Smart Summit is disabled. Calendar is not available. And the upgrade section meaning to software, you know, to purchase stuff like an acceleration boost is disabled. So uh, they they try to keep valet mode, you know, keep any anyone in your car from doing anything particularly awful with it. So uh, good luck at your next parking garage, Didi. I, I wish you the best. Next up is a somewhat regular caller, Somi from Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello, Ryan. This is Somi from Vancouver, British Columbia. I wanted to highlight a feature that I have missed for since the UI was revamped. So I bought my Tesla back in 2019. And back at that time, there was the option to see all of my favorite and recently played um, programs or stations or uh, what sort, uh, be able to see them all in one viewing. And so it was really nice to be able to open that up and take a look at all of them to see like, you know, what you know, see what in the what I was in the mood to listen to. Um, but since that disappeared, I've also forgotten some of those ones that I've I favorited long ago. And, um, and it's sad, <laughs> because I discovered some later on and realized, Oh, I forgot, and I, I missed listening to that. So I found it. It's now uh, returned back in the, I think maybe the last uh, the holiday update. So when the, you can see the um, music card on the bottom left where it shows what's currently playing. When you swipe up on that um, to see what tracks are playing, going to play next. There's also a couple other features there. One of them is recents and favorites. I think the other one is sources. So if you tap on recents and favorites, 
there it is. All of your favorite programs and all of your recently listened to programs. And so I'm so happy that、um, Tesla is listening, is making changes, that it's even possible for my car to have those changes made.、Um, and so I, I'm just absolutely thrilled. So, as usual,、uh, love listening to your program. It's a never miss situation for me every week.、Uh, happy to spend that hour, or in this case, an hour and a half with your Francois Holthausen interview. Loved it every moment. Great job. Keep it up, Ryan. Thank you for the heads up on that, Somi, and for the kind words as well. We can add these to the list of things that Tesla had in version 10 of the UI and earlier, took out with version 11. And has now put back in. And hey, good on Tesla for, you know, I don't know if this is accurately the case, but for, for all intents and purposes, just for, just for lack of a better term here, swallowing their pride in doing so. Because surely they were trying to make things better when they removed stuff like this in version 11 a year ago, but customers did not agree. And I am grateful to them for restoring these features to the UI. Thanks, Somi. I always appreciate your calls. Next up, gonna go to DJ from LA. Hey, what's happening, Ryan? This is DJ from LA. I'm calling because I have a question,、uh, wanted your opinion.、Um, I have a 2017 Model S, and、uh, a couple years ago, when the infotainment upgrade、um, became available to upgrade from the MCU, MCU 1 to the 2,、um, I was gonna do it. I thought it was $1,500, and then When I、uh, hit the go button, they were like, oh yeah, $1,500 plus. I forget. I think they had to upgrade the,、uh, the NVIDIA, the, the GPU, or whatever. So, like, other, like, so then I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So I paused. So now here it is, I don't know, a year and a half or two later or something. I'm not sure which version of the screen they're on. So my question to you is. Should I, hit, should, I, should I bite the bullet and just go ahead and do it right now? Or is there another thing coming around the corner that I'm not aware of as far as a, a newer screen that's more responsive, faster, you know, more video games, blah, 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 all of that? So let me know your opinion. I appreciate it.、Uh, I've been listening for years now and、um, keep up the good work. More later. Hey, DJ, I am happy to help you on this. I can pretty definitively tell you that there will not be any further MCU upgrades for the legacy Model S and X. So, you can feel confident in that upgrade knowing that there will not be anything better coming along for your 2017S. All I would ask you to think about is how long you plan to keep the car. Because if it's only another year or two, you might want to skip the upgrade. But, If you do plan to hang on to it, that upgrade's gonna be well worth it, in my opinion, since obviously you interact with the screen every time you use the car, and the difference between MCU 1 and MCU 2 is night and day. I have a lot of experience with both, and it is a, a big, big difference. So I hope that helps. Thank you very much for your call. Let's go to a little further down Southern California and go to Gil in San Diego. Hey, Ryan Gilford from San Diego. I wanted to、uh, just reach out and、uh, comment for everybody else's、uh, sake something we've been talking about, which is that the now growing list of things that a late 2021 revised Model S isn't apparently going to have compared to current Model S's. And that is both,、uh, both of which are things that were, were advertised in the re- revised Model S、um, you know, from the beginning, which is、um, the games, right? It seems like we're not going to get Steam integration,、uh, which means we don't get The Witcher or anything else if you bought your car too early,、uh, despite it being advertised、uh, prominently on it. And two,、uh, the thing that they just sort of advertised today, which was the.、Um, A tilting screen, which was also talked about、uh, in all of the advertisements leading up to when we bought it. You know, it, got take, it got taken out of some of the ads, but we had already、uh, purchased it. And so it's one of those things where I really hope、uh, Tesla does right by those、uh, folks that got the Model S you know, a few months earlier than other folks. Uh, it was the revised Model S. It was supposed to have both of these features, and, and it should, they should be retrofitted to actually accomplish those features. Just my thoughts on it. We'd love to hear what everybody else thinks. Thanks, Ryan. Well, I'll tell you, Gil, I couldn't agree more. 
The Witcher 3 logo was superimposed over the new Model S center screen in the design studio when you went to order the car back when the new Model S was unveiled two years ago, February 2021. I would call that advertising a feature. Now, we we got it, but you're right. Like, every new Model S, at Model S, I don't know why I said Model S, no. That's uh, it's like a Marv Albert thing, yes! Uh, anyway, the same thing with the tilting screen. Old new Model S owners, such as yourself, should absolutely, you should absolutely get a free retrofit on those. Or at least any old new Model S owner who asks, which, let's be honest, isn't going to be a huge number in the grand scheme of things. There aren't that many S's and X's that fall into that group with you. And the number of folks who would even care enough about either of those features to request them as a retrofit would be an even smaller number. So I hope Tesla does the right thing on this. Next up is Michael from London, who has a request. Hey, Ryan. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, I'm Michael from the UK, uh, London to be specific. I uh, am coming out to San Francisco uh, for the first time uh, for GDC, actually, um, in late March. Uh, and in the UK, we still don't have the Plaid Model S or Model X, um, but I am super, super keen and desperate to experience uh, a launch and what it feels like to be a passenger in a Model S Plaid um, and feel that that takeoff. Uh, so long shot, I know, but I'd be remiss in, in not uh, at least trying and asking to see if there's anyone out there that would be willing to uh, take me out for a, a brief ride. Um, happy to buy someone in, in and out um, or, or any kind of takeaway just for the experience. I realize it's a long shot, as I say, I'm just total stranger on the internet, right? But uh, yeah, hopefully there's someone out there with a Plaid Model S that would love to take a, a Brit out and, and, and watch him scream. Cool. Uh, if I guess if there's any takers, they can email you or um, I can in some way get in contact with them. Cheers. Thanks for the work and everything you do. Bye. Hey, Michael. Well, you're coming to my city, but sadly, I don't have a Model S plaid for you to experience. Believe me, I wish I did. However, there are probably a good handful of Bay Area based folks who might be able to help. So, if you would like to give Michael a demo launch while he's over from the UK where his country doesn't have the plaid yet, feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I can put you in touch with Michael, or you can tweet Michael if you have Twitter. His handle is at the Hannibal, T-H-E-H-A-N-N-A-B-A-L. Michael, safe travels, and I want to say thank you to Advance to anybody in my kind audience who might be able to help Michael out here. Next up is Chris in Arizona. Brian, this is Chris in Arizona, and I wanted to make a comment not only on your awesome interview with Franz, he just seems like such a nice guy, and um, you did a great job you know, getting him to share some information and just learn a little bit more, but he mentioned something which is totally true. While you and I driving, you're in California, I'm in Arizona, we see more and more EVs every day. From the time that we started when I was, you know, one of the only ones on the road and people would kind of gawk at you when you drove down the road to now you see Teslas everywhere. You see other electric cars everywhere. But what Tesla just did in lowering the prices um, not only affects Tesla demand, but it's going to bring down the cost of all EVs. And in my mind, the real evolution or revolution to uh, electronic vehicles is going to happen in the used car market. Um, right now, I mean, if you go on Carvana, I look and I see a v two-year-old VW ID4 for $56,000. Why would anybody pay that? Why wouldn't they just go buy a brand-new Model Y? Those prices have to come down. And while for those of us who have electric cars, you know, yeah, the value of our car is going to decrease, but I'm in no hurry to sell my car. I plan to keep it for a very long time. I love my Model Y. I love my Model S, too, when I had it, but I love my Model Y. I'm planning to keep it for a very long time. So the prices are going to come down, and we'll see Model 3s in the 20s. We'll see older Model Ss in the 20s. We'll see all of those electric cars. We'll, we won't – the days of a $10,000 dealer markup for a Kia EV6 or a Ford Mustang Mach-E, that's got to be gone. Why would anybody pay that now that you can go buy a Tesla for much cheaper? So I think – 
it's just an, a brilliant move. And yeah, it's going to cause some pain. And I feel for the people who paid more last year. But, you know, if you think about it, they got a head start on saving money in their electric car. So good for them. Anyway, that's why I just wanted to point that out. And I do think that, you know, we'll start to see more of an evolution as people can afford used EVs. Thanks. Great point, Chris. The used car market really is vitally important. And yes, we will finally start to see used Model 3s break under that $30,000 mark, which is a vital checkpoint to cross. And your other prediction about other EVs having to drop their price has already come true since you made this phone call. Ford slash the Mustang Mach-E prices by four, in some cases $4,000, in some cases a little more, depending on which trim you're buying. What you are seeing here is Tesla's vertical integration literally paying off in their ability to make this major price move. And the fallout from this will be really interesting to watch. It already is, as you're seeing. Let's hope it helps drive down EV prices across the board, making them easier to get into for more people. Thanks so much, Chris. Thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. I will do my best to get to some more phone calls next week. I only say that because, let's see, should I? All right, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna hopefully not jinx this. If everything goes according to schedule, I'll have a returning guest next week, Sandy Monroe, the teardown titan himself will be returning for his second interview here on Ride the Lightning. He was on two years ago. And depending on how long that interview goes, there might not be time for Ride the Lightning hotline calls. But in any case, please keep your calls coming if there is something you'd like to call in about. And if I don't get to them next week, I will get to them the week after. So thanks again to everybody for taking the time to call in. But stick around. There is more Ride the Lightning to come right after this. To give you a quick update on what's going on with me and my car, well, not much going on with my car. The rain has returned to the San Francisco Bay Area, thankfully not in the dangerous flooding uh, version that we had not too long ago. But uh, there is an update on Daisy the Boxer, my canine co-host. She had a cardiology checkup today. The poor thing, we got in there, we were sitting in the lobby waiting for them to bring us back. Daisy was, she was shivering like a leaf. Because even though the, the, the doctor there, the cardiologist, Dr. Silverman, Sage in Redwood City, California, if you ever need a great veterinary cardiologist, Dr. Silverman saved Daisy's life and got her back a full recovery. You know, you've heard my story, an improbable full recovery for Daisy and her heart. The fact is that Daisy's first time in that building was the worst night of her life. And uh, and it's pretty high on the list of worst nights of my life, too. It was 3.30 in the morning. She was coughing violently. Turned out she had a massively enlarged heart and lungs full of fluid, and they kept her there, and they're doing tests. And, you know, I went home, and she had to stay there by herself for a while. So, unfortunately, she has a very negative association with that place, despite the fact that, ultimately, they have been amazing for her there, um, but she currently has a halter monitor strapped to her chest uh, for a couple of days to get. They're just checking to see if the irregular, the slightly irregular heartbeat that she showed last time uh, is is either the same or, or if it's progressed and gotten worse. Hopefully it will not have uh, so that she doesn't need medication. You know, she can. She's still a young dog. You know, she's still, she's five and what, five and a half at this point. So anyway, uh, that, so that was, that was the big thing today is poor Daisy had, uh, had a bit of a, a stressful anxiety ridden day, but she's doing great now. She's sleeping next to me on the couch. How about a pro tip of the week? Let's, let's bring the mood back up here. Pro tip of the week, Brad from Minnesota. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Brad from Minnesota calling in with a pro tip regarding the voice command option. You know, I use voice command often to call my family and friends, which works almost all the time, except I have a daughter named Hadley, spelled H-A-D-L-E-E. So when I push the voice command button and say call Hadley, Tesla thinks I'm calling H-A-D-L-E-Y because I can't tell the difference. Don't know why, but the workaround is... 
press the voice command and spell her name. So if you have a name that you can't call with voice command, just spell it. So you press voice command, call H-A-D-L-E-E, calls her right away. Not sure if that'll be helpful to anyone, but it sure has helped me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. By the way, I should add on the Daisy note, her heart looks and is totally fine in terms of they're just checking the irregular heartbeat thing. Uh, but her heart, she, the miracle recovery has held, you know, without she's been off medication for a while. Her heart is a normal size, normal heart function. Everything is all good. So that's all amazing. Now, Brad, thank you so much for your call. And I think that is helpful, Brad. I honestly, I didn't know that you could spell out contacts like that on the voice commands. So you've taught me something. And I suspect the same can probably be said for a lot of your fellow Tesla owners who just heard that. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it my way. You just send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I gave you the instructions for a little while ago. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can perhaps be of use to you. AbstractOcean.com has a million great aftermarket products for all four of the Teslas currently in production, whether it's the fourth generation tempered glass screen protector with the antimicrobial coating and the aluminosilicate glass, which is what Corning uses in Gorilla Glass, all that kind of stuff. The, uh, the what else? The rear footwell lighting kit, which is great in the Model Y, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, etc., etc. There's just so much stuff. You got to check it out. See what you like. Pile it all into your online shopping cart and then use the coupon code RTL podcast at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. That coupon code again, RTL podcast, all one word, no space in there. How about a snap plate? That's a good idea as well. If you are living in a state that requires a front license plate, the snap plate can be attained at everyamp.com slash RTL. That's E-V-E-R-Y-A-M-P dot com slash RTL. It's the front license plate bracket that looks nice. It's a nice, clean, minimalist design. It doesn't interfere with anything on the car. It doesn't stick to the paint. And thus, if you remove it, it's fine. It'll be like it was never there. So I do recommend it. It's a good product. You can remove it if you're at a car show, cars and coffee, something like that. You can put it back on if you're parked at a meter to avoid a parking ticket. You can take it off when you're washing and detailing the car, etc. Everyamp.com slash RTL. It's available for all four Teslas. Budgetsafesolar.com. A reminder that if you act now for you, specifically California friends I'm talking to for the, for the moment here, if you act now on solar, whether it's with Budget Safe Solar or with somebody else, you can avoid having your uh, your amount that you're going to be credited for back to the grid for overproducing energy. Obviously, it's going to be more in the summertime. That is getting cut 75% for anybody that has not already got solar going by April. So time is short on that. Uh, it is definitely... It is definitely worth considering. So it's you got to act now or risk losing seventy five percent of your net metering. Budgetsafesolar.com. Of course, you know, take a look at Tesla.com/solar as well as I did. But Budgetsafesolar.com uh, did a great job for me, and maybe they can help you out as well. And if you do choose to proceed with a solar installation for your home or business please use the referral code RTL. You'd be helping me out if you did that. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections. Their website is irdetailing.com. If you're going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area and you'd like to drop your car off for a spa day, whether that's paint correction to take all the flaws out of the paint, and believe me, there are, there are always flaws. Unless it's coming out of, like, Rolls-Royce, every car company, every every car has flaws in the paint, and over time, you know, more get introduced. It just, it happens. Paint correction can remove most, if not all, of that. I had that done on my car, and it looks incredible. 
Uh, so I can definitely vouch for that. Maybe you want to do paint protection film on the front of the car or maybe even all of the car. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years. Whatever the case may be, go to irdetailing.com. That's the way you can contact Jeff at Immaculate Reflections and just mention when you do reach out that you are a Ride the Lightning listener and if you do book work with Immaculate Reflections, you will get a nice little discount on that service that you book. PureTesla.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop, as always, for your dash cam and sentry mode setup needs. The $49 kit is 128 gigabyte kit, micro SD based, so it's gonna last for a long time because micro SD is designed for the constant reading and writing to the drive that the dash cam and sentry mode require and do. So uh, you can go to puretesla.com slash RTL if you'd like to order their kit. There's also a $69 kit and that's 256 gigabytes. They also sell nice a nice slimline wireless game controller kit as well if you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla. So either of those products, the, the, uh, the sentry mode kits, or the wireless game controller kits, you can get them at puretesla.com slash RTL. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S., by the way. Finally, uh, you can find this podcast on any of the major podcast services. Most notably, most, most of you get it on Apple Podcasts, but there's also, of course, Google Podcasts and Stitcher and TuneIn and Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, just audio only, but if you, listening on YouTube is convenient, Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you should find my channel and can subscribe to that for free very easily there. Uh, I mentioned my Patreon at the top of the show, so I won't linger on that too long. I'll just give you the URL again. It's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Again, that $10 a month tier, which you get a 10% discount on if you do the annual pledge, the $10 and up tier is where you get not just the early access to each week's episode, but also the weekly lightning round bonus mini episode. It goes all the way up. You got the $25 tier. That's the maximum plaid tier where we do our monthly Zoom hangout, talk about all things Tesla. In fact, as I record here on late Friday night, we are doing our February hangout tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to hopefully chatting with a bunch of you on that. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or both. At this, It's on the same handle on both of the, those platforms. DMC underscore Ryan is my uh, handle on those. You can email me anytime as well, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, let me say thank you and give a shout out to the upper tier Patreon backers. I will start with those aforementioned Maximum Plaid backers. Thank you so much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, and Adam Lavoy. Next up, the Roadster in Space tier backers. Thank you very much to the ultra-generous folks on this in this group. Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. And finally, a thank you to the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters who continue to get the perks of that, even though technically that, that tier has been eliminated, but they are very kind to continue supporting me 
at that level. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to all the Patreon backers who are kind enough to support me and my efforts on this podcast. It has been another fun episode of Ride the Lightning. This was episode 392. Woo! We are getting towards 400. I mean, we just, I already had a special thing with 389 with Franz. We'll see. I, I can't, I'm not sure. We'll see. I can't promise any, any big major surprises or, or big special things for 400. We'll see. Hopefully one way or the other, it'll just be a fun, a fun week, but that's still two months away. I mean, eight weeks, that's still, still two months out. Anyway, hope you have a great week, everybody. Happy electric motoring. And I will see you back here next Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, as always. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.